Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul Recipes for Living. Happy May and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. My guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Read, Laugh, Repeat, 101 Laugh Out Loud Stories. Good morning, Amy. Welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I am doing just fine. Very excited about this new book because I think everybody needs some laughter in their lives right now. No and kidding. we got it for them. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you with me this morning. Chicken Soup for the Soul, Read, Laugh, Repeat is a very entertaining read. The stories are really funny, and I know they will bring tons of laughter to the readers. I can relate very well to some of the stories myself, so congratulations on its release, which is today. Yes, yeah. I'm. You know, I did it because last year we put out our first humor collection. Mm-hmm. It was called Laughter is the Best Medicine, and you and I talked about it on your podcast. Yeah. And when that one first came out, I was a little concerned because it was the beginning of the pandemic and I thought Mm -hmm. that people would think that I was making light of things by saying that laughter was the best medicine. But people understood and the book went on sale April 2020 and it did really well and it's still selling Mm -hmm. and we're still in the pandemic. So we still (laughs) need, I mean, we're coming out of it like we can see our way out now but it's been a tough year, and I think that people really like humorous stories. And what's great about A Chicken Soup for the Soul book is because we have 101 stories. Mm-hmm. Each mm-hmm. one is its own little story arc, so they're short. So even if your life is in turmoil right now and you're still homeschooling and you don't have a lot of time to read, you can pick this up and read one story for five or ten minutes laugh, put it down, read another one the next day. So it's it's some good humor, some laughter, some sunshine to add into your life, you know, a little bit at a time. It, it, the book is very accommodating of your schedule. So true, so true. The idea of just having fun, I think it's so important in finding and celebrating humor, especially in today's world right now that we're living it's really something very important, don't you think? I do. And, you know, the the book last year being called Laughter is the Best Medicine kind mm-hmm. of sounded a little, you know, like it was a cure for what ails you. <laughs> and so then I was thinking, okay, what title can I put on this year's humor collection? And I thought, read, laugh, repeat. Mm-hmm. Had that same kind of feeling about it because, you know, you read instructions <laughs> on whether it's shampoo or something right. else, or do something, do something, repeat the process, mm-hmm. which you can do 101 times with 101 <laughs> laugh out loud stories in this new Chicken Soup for the Soul book. And then the other thing is I know that you saw the meerkat on mm-hmm. the cover. I, mean, I mm-hmm. think it's one of my favorite covers ever because I think people are going to laugh just when they see the cover, like when they're standing <laughs> in the store and they're, and they see the cover, they're going to laugh out loud. So mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do a book 
with meerkat photos because I think they're so cute and they're so funny mm-hmm. looking and they have these very human expressions on their faces. Mm-hmm. So I I picked a great meerkat photo for the cover. And then inside the book, at the beginning of each chapter, mm-hmm. I have another meerkat photo. And they're just so human in the way, in their facial expressions, <laughs> in the way that they hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. Um I just think they're I just think they're hysterically funny looking. And so um you know, I was all over our graphic designer to use meerkats and I think this one it came out really really well. I'm really pleased with how the meerkats just make you smile, you know, just looking at them. <laughs> it's fantastic. By the way, is this something new that you guys included the bookmark? Oh, a bookmark? Yeah. Oh, you know, so we've been making these very pretty bookmarks really for our contributors because we we make up we have a file available to print the bookmarks and we mm-hmm. send the PDF of the file to the 101 contributors mm-hmm. and we print some out in the office so um you got lucky this time they threw one of the bookmarks into the book that we sent to you for as your review copy but actually i have to say if somebody's buying mm-hmm our books to give as gifts and they want to include the bookmark. Mm-hmm. Well, our webmaster has the file. And so even members of oh. the public, they want to make a book a little more special. They could send an email to webmaster at chicken soup for the com, and she'll send them the PDF and they can print it out at home and make a bookmark also, you know, if they're giving the book mm-hmm. as a gift to somebody. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's just, we just try to, do all these little special things that don't really cost anything. <laughs> it's beautiful, though. I love it. Humor is just another defense against the universe. Mel Brooks. <laughs> right? What's not great the quote, right? right? That's a great quote. That, that just sums mm-hmm. it up. And that's why we make humor books. And we're actually collecting stories now mm-hmm. for another humor book that we want to put out in 2022. So, if people are listening to this and they say, oh, I have a great funny story, mm-hmm. I want to be published in Chicken Soup for the Soul, uh, if you go to our website, which is mm-hmm. chickensoup.com, and you click on Submit Your Story, you'll see how to submit a story. We walk you through the whole process. So um, so that will be good because the book we put out last year, Laughter is the Best Medicine, that had all, all new stories. Mm-hmm. Then... I said, you know what? We have published such funny stories in our past books. I want to gather them all up and put them together into a new collection. So this new book, Read, Laugh, Repeat, has stories that we published in dozens of past Chicken Soup for the Soul books. No books, though, that purported to be funny books. So if you've only been buying our funny books like My Crazy Family and Family Matters and (laughs) All in the family, and mm-hmm. we have some that are obviously funny books when you look at them. Uh, we didn't take any stories from those obviously funny books mm-hmm. and use them in this new collection. So this just has stories we gathered up from other kinds of books. So I'm pretty sure that when people read this new Read, Laugh, Repeat collection from us, they're not mm-hmm. going to say, oh, I've seen all these stories before. They would have to have read you know, 200 of our old books to have right. all of these stories in the past. Right. And then, so that's this this year we're showcasing, you know, the best of the funny stories from our, you know, 28-year publishing history. <laughs> and then 
next year will be all new stories again, so people can submit stories for that. Cool. Very cool. Besides laughing, did you learn something special while putting the collection together? I learned that even stories that I remembered really well mm-hmm. that had just tickled me in the past and that I had probably <laughs> already read ten times, I learned that they could make me laugh yet again. So that was mm-hmm. nice. I feel mm-hmm. like these are really good, funny stories. I mean, if they can make me laugh after I've already read them ten times, um, I think that means they're really funny stories unless they just appeal to me. But we actually had a team of editors go through and mm-hmm. pick funny stories. So I came in at the end, but already two or more of our editors had found these same stories to be very funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Can you tell us about the various topics that are covered? Yeah, so uh, we have a bunch of chapters. So the first chapter is called Domestic Disasters, and it's just funny things that happened at home, um, including, you know, cooking stories. Then we have a second chapter called Happily Ever Laughter, which is a play on Happily Ever After, and this is love, romance, marriage kind of stories. Um, The third chapter is called I Can't Believe I Did That, and it's those embarrassing stories that we tell about (laughs) ourselves. And then chapter four is some really funny stories about dogs, and that chapter is called Doggone Funny. Chapter five is those my crazy family kind of stories where people are, you know, telling funny stories about their kids, their spouses, their parents, whoever. Chapter six is called Holiday Hiccups, and it's all those funny things that happened around Hanukkah and Christmas holidays. And also, you know, Thanksgiving, just all the Mm -hmm. major holidays. Chapter seven is called That Was Embarrassing, and people here are telling funny stories about (laughs) the embarrassing things they did because – there's really nothing better than telling a funny story about yourself, right? Right. You know, making fun of your own things. <laughs> Chapter eight, we look at um, our feline friends. That's called Getting Catty, and it's funny stories about cats. Chapter um, nine is called Senior Moments, and it's just funny stories that people tell on themselves or on, you know, their family mm-hmm. members, um, things that happened when they were getting older. And then Chapter 10 is called It's All Relative, and it's more really funny family stories and extended family also. So mm. it's really a fun book. I mean, it's, I'm smiling just talking about it. <laughs> I, put the, you know, I put it together in February. We sent yeah. it off to the printer in February, and I'm, you know, I've done a few additional books since then, but I'm really happy to have a chance to look at this one again today <laughs> because it was so much fun to put it together. The stories are fantastic. Believe me, I was laughing too when I read the stories. So really, really cool. Do you have a funny story you would like to share with us? Well, I have one that's um, yeah, I have I have one that's kind of related to chapter one, which is our domestic disasters, mm-hmm. and um, and my story is about my own um, Christmas dinner party. It was a Christmas Eve dinner party disaster. So in my case. Uh, We always have a big crowd for Christmas Eve, you know, between Mm -hmm. a dozen and two dozen people, depending on the year. And 
the one I mean I, there's a lot of stuff I'm good at cooking but what I'm not great at is timing and so <laughs> for Christmas Eve when you really don't know when people are going to arrive and when people are going to want to eat I usually make big pots of something like stew or spaghetti sauce you know something that can sit for a while in a pot and you're not so dependent on timing right so one year I decided that we would have a pasta bar for Christmas Eve we had 25 people and so it seemed like having a pasta bar was a good idea. And so we had two sauces. My daughter made a vegetarian pasta sauce, and then I mm-hmm. made one with spinach, onions, and sausage. And my daughter took my usual sauce pot, so I had to use a pot that I wasn't accustomed to. Mm-hmm. And with all the hoopla around Christmas Eve, I burned my sauce. Ooh. And I didn't realize it until right before dinner. Yeah. And then I totally panicked. So. I did exactly the wrong thing. So if you burn your sauce, here's what you are not supposed to do. You're not supposed to stick the spoon in, dig around in the bottom where all the burn stuff is, and then aggressively stir your sauce as if you're making up for the fact that you forgot to stir your sauce you know, every 10 minutes prior to that. So that's what I did, and I stirred all the yucky burned parts. Oh. <laughs> into all the goods, you know, I was supposed to like yeah. pour out the good sauce into another pot and leave the burned part behind. So instead, I completely spread the burned part throughout my sauce. <laughs> and this was the meat sauce, and almost everybody was going to want the meat sauce instead of the, you know, vegetarian sauce. <laughs> it was a disaster, and it smelled so bad. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so my daughter somehow knew what to do, she said, uh-huh. we're going to pour some maple syrup into it because maple syrup will obscure the burned taste of it. Really? So we poured a whole wow. bunch of maple syrup. Yeah, it's a great tip when you burn something. And and then I served it because I there was nothing else I could do. I have 25 uh-huh. people. Well, people loved it. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. brother-in-law came back for seconds and asked me how I made it. <laughs> Nobody could tell that I had ruined this dinner. I mean... I I think I told them years later what I had done. Uh-huh. I was so mm-hmm. embarrassed. I can still smell that. I still have that <laughs> that memory of that horrible smell of the burned sauce. But I got away with it thanks to uh-huh. maple syrup. So, yeah, so that was good. And actually there's a story in Chapter 1 called No Need for Carving. This woman, Gail Molesby Morris, I remember (laughs) just laughing out loud when I read her story. Mm -hmm. She had a terrible Christmas dinner experience. She was a new bride, and she was making this whole Christmas dinner by herself, and she was making turkey, you know, with all the fixings, right? Mm -hmm. That's a big undertaking, and she planned it for days. She, like, had a whole list. She had the time for everything written down. She was so organized. And on Christmas Day, everything was going perfectly, like there was the smell in the air of this perfect pumpkin pie that she made, and the table was set, and the turkey was in the oven, and the stuffing was ready, and the yams were ready. And Gail was so pleased with herself because she had pulled this off, and she was, you know, she wanted to impress her in-laws. So mm-hmm. she was relieved because it was going so well, and she was in the living room chatting with guests, and there was this loud bang like a gunshot (laughs) and everyone jumped and the sound seemed to come from the kitchen but they all ran into the kitchen and everything looked fine so um so everybody you know was leaving and gail thought well i might i might as well baste the turkey since i'm in here and she opened the oven and she found a massacre 
There were a hundred pieces of turkey. The turkey had exploded. I don't know why. And the whole inside of the oven was coated with pieces of turkey. And then the side dishes that she had in there with the turkey, the stuffing and the yams, they were covered with exploded turkey pieces. And everyone stared in shock when she opened the oven because even on the oven door there were turkey pieces all over the door you know when she tilted it open and then gail burst out laughing and that you know allowed everybody else to burst out laughing too so they gathered up all the exploded turkey pieces onto a platter and they went ahead and had their turkey dinner and everybody agreed that you know, exploded turkey tasted just as good as carved turkey. So it was a success. And then there was this one ongoing side benefit for, benefit for Gail. No one ever asked her to make a turkey again for a family event, and nobody ever let her make anything that had to go in an oven. So she was off the hook permanently at that point. I read that story. It's really, really funny. It reminded me of a friend of mine who was trying to impress, like you were talking about, impress the in-laws, right? So for the first time, she cooked turkey for Thanksgiving. Well, guess what? She forgot to take all that gizzard and all that kind of stuff in the turkey. So she cooked it, baked it with it, right? So it put it at the head table and people start coming. (laughs) And you have all that stuff coming out out of it. Like one of my most embarrassing moments. (laughs) Yeah, I've never made a turkey I, my mother used to make the turkey, even when I had Thanksgiving at my house, she would bring mm-hmm, the turkey. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. after she passed away, I started ordering the turkey at Whole Foods instead. And I just go <laughs> and pick it up. <laughs> I don't blame you. That sounds really good to me. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio, our podcast, available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, and Google Play. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and my guest for this morning is Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about their second collection of humorous stories, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Read, Laugh, Repeat, 101 Laugh Out Loud Stories. Let us talk about the stories themselves, Amy. Chapter 1, you mentioned the first story that you really like in that book. I like this story, A Tween Bath by Shannon McCarthy. Oh, my gosh. This story, I, I still remember years ago when we, when we got this story and how hard I laughed at the story. So Shannon had um, a baby, and then her first baby was a son, and he screamed for the first six months. And she said to her husband, we need to have another child now because – Maybe he'll scream less if there's another child. And so she got pregnant immediately, and there she was with a six-month-old, and now she was pregnant again, and guess what? It was twin girls. So when her 14-month-old son was still screaming, twin girls arrived. So it was absolute insanity in their household. And all three kids were always screaming and crying. Um, But over time it turned out that she was right because having – three kids close in age, you know, they entertained Mm -hmm. each other, but Mm -hmm. it still made things challenging. So then she reports on this one day when she was home alone with the three kids and she needed to give them a bath. And so she really had to put them all in the bath at the same time because she couldn't have one or two in the bath and one or two running around free. So all three were in the bath and somebody rang the doorbell. 
so she ran 10 feet from the bathroom to the door, grabbed the package from the UPS man, turned to slam the door, and the kids had gotten out of the bath. And now they were running around naked and slippery, covered with soap suds. <laughs> and they ran out through the front door into the front yard. So now she had three free-range toddlers. <laughs> and she's trying to catch them all, running around her neighborhood. And it was hysterical because she's got three tiny children, naked and slippery, running around her neighborhood. She's trying to corral all of them. She's running down the street trying to get them. She finally grabbed one, was still chasing the other two, and she was already 10 houses away down her street. And then one of the kids squatted and went to the bathroom on her neighbor's lawn. And she's going, no, no, please, no. And there he is squatting and going on her neighbor's lawn, um, you know, the mm-hmm. number two. So mm-hmm. anyway, it was just so funny, this ridiculously crazy day. And, I mean, I remember like when my daughter was two and for some reason she would take off all her clothes and then she would, you know, if the front door was open for one second, she'd sneak out and run around naked in the driveway (laughs) and I'd be trying to catch her and she was so happy to be free and naked and enjoying her, you know, air bath outside. So it reminded me, and I just can't even imagine having three of them running around outside instead of just one. That's really funny. I mean, I guess these are the things that you pray it doesn't happen, but you really can't plan for stuff like that. <laughs> no, and it's just really, really funny. I mean, yeah, anybody anybody would laugh seeing three slippery little kids racing around outside with their mother running after them. <laughs> What's your favorite story for Chapter 2, Happily Ever Laughter? Oh, my gosh. There's a story in here that I have – I have I love this story. I've told it so mm-hmm. many times. And I, I I probably like it because it reminds me of my son also. So mm-hmm. um this woman, um, Tony Michelle Nell, she was twenty six and single and she just bought her first home and after she signed the paperwork she decided to stop by and visit some friends. And so when she got to their house, they were good friends, so she just let herself in and walked into their living room, and she saw this guy sitting on the couch. And so she was introduced to this guy named Martin, and she couldn't help but notice that his clothing was horribly coordinated. Everything was (laughs) almost the same color, but not quite. And he also didn't speak very much. There was this lively conversation going on, but he just seemed to be tongue-tied. And when he did speak, he could only stutter and stammer, So Tony decided that he must be, you know, mildly developmentally challenged, and that would explain his speech difficulty and his weird clothing. Well, a few days later, she stopped by her friend's house again, and Martin was there again and was wearing different clothes but equally mismatched, and his speech problems seemed even worse. So Tony didn't know what to do because he offered to drive her home blinds for her because she was borrowing this cordless screwdriver from her friend, so she had to say, you know, I'm using them to install some blinds in my new place. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't sure if it was safe to drive with him, you know, because she felt he had some developmental challenges. Mm-hmm. But her friend was acting like it was perfectly normal, so Tony decided to be open-minded and let him drive her home and put up her new blinds. She didn't want to treat him poorly. And so she got in his truck, and they went to her house, 
And when they arrived, he pulled the toolbox from his truck and he got right to work. And he did a great job hanging these blinds for her. And they went from room to room and she thought, well, let me engage him in conversation. And whenever he was, you know, turned away from her and he was working on the blinds, he spoke to her perfectly. And it seemed like his speech impediment only kicked in when he was facing her. (laughs) So she was really confused. And then when his back was turned to her, and that was when he could be articulate, um, (laughs) he asked her out on a date. And so she surprised herself by saying yes to the back of his head. (laughs) Well, four months later, Tony and Martin got married And she told Martin a few months after they were married about, you know, how she had Mm -hmm. had this mistaken first impression of him. And he laughed and said that he had only been stammering and stuttering because he thought she was the most beautiful woman he had ever seen. And it had made him nervous to be around her. So he couldn't talk when he was looking (laughs) at her. He could only talk when he wasn't seeing her. And it turned out that the weird clothing choices were because Mm -hmm. He was colorblind. And so I loved that. And I have a son who's colorblind, and he would mm-hmm. totally wear, like, mis- he would wear clothing that was almost the same color and, and have no idea. So I just thought that was really cute. It's a wonderful story. I think it's one of those things where you look back, and it may not be funny at that time, but it certainly is. And there's another story here that I really love, Happily Ever Laughter, The Getaway by Caleb Jennings. Yeah, so this one, um, I really like, I like, I like stories about honeymoon issues Mm -hmm. because my own honeymoon, um, my husband and I, because we were so not paying attention to the news, we took, we flew down to St. Thomas, not knowing that there was a humongous hurricane coming. And then we took a helicopter to the resort, and when we got to the resort, they said, why are you here? And we had to be evacuated the next day and flee <laughs> the Caribbean. I mean, it was a total disaster, but we ended up going to someplace else, and we had a really good time. But you know, that was quite the wedding disaster, being evacuated from mm-hmm. a hurricane um, where we were like the last plane that got out of St. Thomas. Um, it was like we almost got stuck there. And, and the room we were at, at the hotel at the resort we went to first, you know, it was utterly destroyed, and that hotel didn't open for two years. Um, but anyway, so here's a here's a little um, thing. Um, so Caleb's is um, let's see, this is by Caleb Brakey, and it's called The Getaway. And his story opens with three cops aiming two pistols and a shotgun at his new bride. So. Caleb had just picked up his bride, Brittany, at home. He had just deposited their wedding checks at the credit union, and now they were heading out for their honeymoon in this yellow Mustang that was decorated with light, you know, with letters that said mm-hmm. Caleb and Britt. But the police pulled him over, ordered him out of the car, told him to drop to his knees, put his hands on his head, crawled backwards. He was handcuffed and searched, and they did the same thing to his wife and Caleb, you know, tried to explain to them that they were on their honeymoon, but that didn't seem to help. And they were on the police radio describing him as the suspect. And they took Brittany away in handcuffs and put her in one car. And finally, this officer told Caleb that there had been a bank robbery and his car was seen at the scene. 
And Caleb said to the police officer, well, my aunt is the manager of the credit union I was at, so it's highly unlikely I would rob the place. (laughs) And then he told the officer that the daughter of one of his fellow police officers had been their flower girl at the wedding, Mm -hmm. the wedding that had created the checks that Caleb had been depositing at his aunt's bank. That still didn't help. Finally, a witness to the bank robbery was brought to the side of the highway to ID Caleb, and he said, no, that is not the guy. (laughs) So they let Caleb and Brittany go, and they resumed their honeymoon, but not before having several photos taken of them with the police cars with their flashing lights (laughs) by the side of the highway. So I thought that was a great story. Um, You know, had to include it because Honeymoon disaster stories are really fabulous. (laughs) It's really, really funny. I guess the good news is the fact that it happened to both of them. Because if it happened to just one, yeah, right, really. Did you change your mind? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Chapter three, I can't believe I did that. And I love this story. Too Hot for Chicken by Pamela Gleason. This story makes me laugh so much. So Pamela Gleason and local grocery store had this deal on family-sized packages of chicken. But she figured if she drove there, she'd use up all the savings on gas. So she decided that she would ride her bike the two miles to the store. And so she proudly rode her bike to the store, bought this frozen chicken, and then was proudly riding her bike home with 10 pounds of frozen chicken in her backpack And she noticed that it was a lot hotter than she'd realized. I mean, she could feel the sweat pouring down her back. In fact, she was sticky all over. And then she noticed that the drivers who passed her were acting strange. And then when she was stopped at a red light, and there were cars next to her stopped at this red light, this woman started screaming, and a group of people rushed over to Pamela asking if she was all right. And she had no idea what was going on. Well, that's when she learned that the chicken on her back had defrosted and there was chicken blood pouring down her back and onto her arms and legs and the pavement. And she just thought she'd gotten really sweaty. She had no idea that she was covered with blood. So anyway, she reassured everybody. It was totally embarrassing. And um, that night when her family asked, why aren't we having the chicken? We thought you went and got chicken. But, of course, she threw the chicken away because it had defrosted out in the hot, you know, the hot air. She wasn't ready to share her embarrassing adventure. So she just said to her family, well, just too hot for chicken today. But, you know, eventually she shared the story with her family and with us, and we're very grateful for that. It's such a wonderful story. I think things like that, it's an innocent mistake. I mean, my gosh, I mean, how many times have you gone to the grocery store that you buy something and how about this, a pin-sized hole (laughs) in those bags, it leaks. And unfortunately, in this particular situation, it's really funny. (laughs) That's right. That absolutely happens. That happened to me at the grocery store the other day. I bought some salmon, and by the time we got to the checkout, there was salmon juice all over me. (laughs) What's your favorite story in Chapter 3? Oh, my gosh. Chapter three. Um, There's a really good story um, by Rachel Dunstan Miller. Mm -hmm. So she was 18 years old, and she was going out on a date, and she was really pleased with her outfit. She was wearing this pretty scarf and this white blouse and capri pants and new leather flat shoes. 
And um, her date was taking for her for a drive in the country, and then they were going to have tea at a restaurant. So on the way, they spotted this pretty park. So they thought, oh, let's go take a walk in the park around the series of small ponds there. But then the path came to a dead end, and Rachel and her date decided they would just push, push through some vegetation at the side of the pond, and then they could walk around the water to get back to their car, you know, instead of backtracking. <laughs> but after 20 minutes, they were stuck. And it was just getting wetter and muddier, but there was this nice green lawn just yards away. So they thought, well, we'll just leap from one dry spot to another because they saw all these little islands mm-hmm. in, you know, like the kind of swamp grasses or bulrushes or whatever you call them. Well, it turned out that these little dry spots were not dry spots. They were just floating plants. They were really <laughs> just floating islands. And so... As soon as they hopped onto one of them, they were actually in the pond swimming. (laughs) So they got back to the car finally, and Rachel's cute little date outfit was, you know, sopping wet, covered with mud. And so her date had a pair of paper coveralls that he had in the trunk of his car, and she (laughs) ducked into the bushes to change and only discovered later that this paper coverall that she thought was like, you know, like a painter's Mm cover-up or something – it was actually an astronaut costume left over from Halloween, complete with a NASA logo on it. So she ended up spending the rest of their date parading around wearing an astronaut <laughs> costume. This is a funny, funny story. And things that we need that in our lives right now. <laughs> we definitely do. I mean, it's, it's really great when you can make fun of yourself. You know, right. that's, I think that's always the best. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was, that was her story. And I can just imagine that first date, you know, but she was a good sport about it. (laughs) Wonderful. Beautiful story. Chapter four, doggone funny. I love dogs. And I really like this one, the great table caper by Anne Denise Carson. Oh my gosh. This was another one that made (laughs) me laugh so hard. So, um, this woman, um, was out walking her very large golden retriever and her large red Doberman. And they were going to go to this lake in their neighborhood, but first they wanted to visit the local coffee shop and get a cup of tea. And these dogs were really good dogs. So when she got to the coffee shop, um, there was this outdoor area at the restaurant next door, and there was, you know, like a metal table. And so she decided that she would just attach their leashes to this metal table and run in and get her tea from the coffee shop and then go out and retrieve her dogs. So while she was doing that, it turned out that one of the dogs had gotten spooked and had decided (laughs) to flee and run off, but both dogs were attached to this metal table. She gets outside. The two dogs and the table are gone. Tables and chairs in this little, you know, outdoor eating area are knocked over. They've knocked over, like, the straps and things that were, like, surrounding the area, you know. Mm-hmm. And the dog, the dogs are running down the street with the metal table bouncing along behind them. <laughs> so the table bouncing along behind them scares the dogs even more. And they are, you know... She's yelling at the dog that's still attached to the table who's running faster and faster as the table <laughs> makes scary, you know, clanking noises. And she's yelling, Tyler, stop, stop, Tyler, stop. But 
anyway, oh, I see. And, yeah, you know what? I just remembered one of the dogs, the other dog, which was not the instigator, was still attached to the table. And so Tyler's running. The other dog looks back at her like, Mom, he's gone crazy. I don't know what to do. And the other poor dog was attached to the table, so was forced to continue running along. So anyway, then they're getting close to a, a parked car, and she's hoping, oh, my gosh, please don't hit don't hit the parked car with the table because now I'm going to have to fix somebody's car too. Anyway, she ended up running something like six blocks. I mean, she ran forever with the dogs pulling along this table. <laughs> and finally she started laughing as she was running because it was so ridiculous, the absurdity right. of this woman running after this dog who th- thinks he's being chased by a bouncing table, even though he's dragging the bouncing table. And then finally um, she gets close to a Michael's craft store and there's an employee of the store standing outside and he looks at the dogs, looks at her, does a double take, and then he takes off after the dogs. You can just imagine this in a movie. <laughs> And the dogs are about to cross a busy road, and he grabs them and stops them and picks up the table, puts it up on his shoulders, and he, you know, gives her the dog's leashes, and they march back to the restaurant, put the table back, put everything back as it was, and that was her day. Um, (laughs) She went home, and she made the employee of Michael's Craft Store an apple pie, and brought it to him. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was a really great dog story. Things like that you think it would not happen to you? But guess what? <laughs> they totally do. <laughs> That's right. And, and especially nowadays when you're talking about dining out, right? And all the tables, and I say this respectfully, not all of them are super heavy. They're kind of a little flimsy. Or at least the chairs, if not. <laughs> yes. I know. (laughs) So do you have a story that you like? Yeah, there's a story that I really like by Julie Thiel. And Mm -hmm. I I thought this was a really funny one, too. And this is another story she's telling about herself. So Julie says that she was really proud of her ability to rescue dogs. Um, Like if she saw a dog running loose on the road or in her neighborhood, she was that person who would stop her car and save the day, Mm -hmm. even if... You know, she was darting into traffic to save a dog. So she would always, you know, rescue dogs and then advertise that she had them and return them to their grateful owners. And one day she saw this beautiful German shepherd sniffing around in her front yard, and it didn't have any tags. So she jumped into rescue mode, and she took the dog around to her backyard, and she carefully, you know, separated it from her other dogs, and she got bedding and supplies for it, and she made flyers and posters and plastered them all over town. She was the hero, right? She saved another dog. (laughs) And a couple of days later, she received a call from the dog's owner, and he was so worried. He said he had just moved to a new home, and his dog, Lily, had wandered out the front door right after her bath, which was why she wasn't wearing a collar and tags but he was going to come right over to pick her up, and he asked for Julie's address. And when she told him her address, there was this silence. (laughs) And then he said, I'm your new neighbor. I live right next door. (laughs) She had kidnapped her neighbor's dog. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was very funny. (laughs) That sounds like what my mom would do. She's so caring about animals and stuff like that. So she sees... 
an animal that kind of just wanders around, she'll go out there and pick it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on Apple's iTunes, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Google Play. My guest is Amy Newbaugh, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. We're having a conversation about the second collection of humorous stories, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Read, Laugh, Repeat, 101 Laugh Out Loud Stories. I'm your host, Johnny Tan. Amy, what's your favorite story for Chapter 5? Oh, so there's a really funny story um, from Janelle Michael, and Mm -hmm. I just thought, I, you know, giving gifts to grown children is always difficult so i could sympathize with her uh so one year she decided that she would do something in the homemade category for christmas gifts for her children who were 19 and 17 and she wanted to do something that would show them how much she loved them and so she was a kindergarten teacher so she always would do things with the five senses and so she thought i'm going to do something with the five senses to make this very important gift for my children. So for she made this, you know, package of gifts for these two teenage children. Um, for the sense of sight, she gave them mm-hmm. each a framed photo of the three of them together. And then for the sense of taste, she made a recipe book that put together some of the favorite dishes she had made for them over the years. And it was a lot of work to put it together because she always cooked by instinct, and now she had to make the recipes and figure out, when do I use a quarter cup? When do I use a tablespoon? You know, and, and write all of that down. <laughs> For the sense of smell, she bought each of them a small bottle of their favorite perfume so mm-hmm. they could, you know, smell it if they were missing her. And then for the sense of touch, she um, she took fleece blankets and she hand appliqued a cutout of her hand with a red heart in her palm. For a sense of hearing, she gave them a CD that contained a song called Find Your Wings. And she was trying to tell them, like, I know you're going to find your wings. You'll have roots at home, but it's time for you to, you know, go out on your own. I'm accepting that. So she was really excited when Christmas came. And she gave them their five gifts, explained what they were <laughs> for. And as they were opening the last of the five gifts, she saw the kids had tears in their eyes. So she thought, wow, they really appreciated them. <laughs> But then daughter asked her tearfully, Mom, are you dying? And then she realized the kids thought this was like a goodbye gift. So I thought that was really funny. It totally backfired on her. (laughs) What a wonderful story, wonderful story. The interesting thing about it, you have a whole chapter about holiday hiccups. And the story that I really like, this is really, really funny, Home Invasion by Monica LaPlante. Oh, my God. This one was so funny. So Monica was, you know, a teenager, and she was sneaking up the stairs on Christmas Eve, and she got in her bed because she didn't want to wake up her parents, and she fell asleep. But then she was awakened by these hoarse, terrified whispers from her sister in the bedroom across the hall, and her sister was saying, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, who are you? (laughs) And Monica knew, oh, my gosh, it's a home invasion on Christmas Eve. There are robbers in the house. They're looking for Christmas gifts. And now they're upstairs (laughs) in our bedrooms. And her sister was sobbing in the other room. And Monica thought, I have to find a weapon. And she reached for her glasses on the bedside table. And then she froze 
because there was a man in her room too. There was this <laughs> shadowy, dark figure just feet from her bed. So she started shaking and crying, and she managed to get her glasses on, and then she, you know, was very frightened, but she looked <laughs> up at her attacker, and she realized that before her stood a cardboard cutout of this teen heartthrob, Edward Cullen, and it turned out that in her sister's room was a cardboard cutout, you know, life-size, mm-hmm. of Justin Bieber, and they were Christmas <laughs> presents from their parents. <laughs> so I thought that was really funny. Just little things like that. I think sometimes everyone gets caught by surprise. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> How about you? Do you have a story that you like for holiday hiccups? Yeah, there's one. Um, there's a really funny one um, that is by Katie O'Connell. And so mm-hmm. Katie's telling us that she was taking her kids to the Christmas Eve ch- children's service at her church, and the kids were all dressed up, you know, wearing their holiday dresses, <laughs> and the boys were in ties. And you had to get there early to get a seat. So they didn't even try to get a seat because they would never be able to get their kids to sit still for that long, especially with their two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. So they actually got there late so they could just stand in the back of the church and the kids, you know, Mm -hmm. could kind of roam around a little bit. So um, they got there and it was going well. They're standing in the back. And then um, the kids, some of the kids, her older daughter took the hand of her little sister and walked down her aisle, walked down the aisle, and they did a little performance about the birth of Jesus. And then as the service wore on the the little one the two and a half year old started to get impatient and restless and then they looked up at the stained glass window and the little girl said mama who's that and she pointed to jesus in the stained glass window it was jesus on the cross and and the other daughter said to her um Oh, no, this little daughter said, well, what's he doing up there in the cross? And and Katie, the mom, wasn't thinking, and she said, well, <laughs> that was when he died. And her little daughter was absolutely stunned and quiet. And then everyone in the church heard this little voice booming at the back of the church. He dies? Baby Jesus dies? He was just born, and then she started stopping, and they grabbed all their stuff and made the quickest exit they had ever made from the church. So I thought it was really cute. That's really funny. I mean, but it's true. I mean, it's an honest assessment, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Chapter 7, that was embarrassing, and this is really, really, really funny. I think it's good for you to tell this story. Field Trip Fiasco by Ron Kaiser. Junior. Ron is a teacher and has great stories to tell, you know, about himself and about teaching. So in this case, they were doing um, a field trip, you know, an outdoor field trip. And there was this little girl who had her jaw wired shut uh, because she had, I guess, climbed up a tree and then she had fallen and she had bit her tongue in half. So it had been stitched back together. And so her jaw was wired shut. And this girl was a behavior problem anyway, and now her jaw was wired shut, and, you know, so things were even worse. So he was put in charge of this girl. 
on the field trip, even though he didn't want to be in charge of her. Well, it turned out that she had an absolute fit, and he was driving her back after the field trip, and she had this fit in the car, and they had to stop along the way. And somebody saw this little girl trying to get away from this big man and called the police because they thought that he was a kidnapper or a child molester. <laughs> and so they, she, he ended up have, being surrounded by police who you know, had been informed by somebody watching that this child was being kidnapped. Um, so it was highly embarrassing. And um, it was just a really funny story. I mean, you have to read it really <laughs> right. to see everything that went on as he was trying to control this little girl playing hip-hop music and all this stuff. <laughs> And then he gets arrested anyway. <laughs> Chapter 8, what's your favorite story on that one? It's about cats. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is that cat chapter. So um, this is another one of our regular writers, Eileen Malia Hesion. And so she was going to stay at her friend's apartment in Boston. She was driving up from Long Island, um, free place to stay in Boston. They were going to have a great vacation. But there was only one wrinkle she had to take care of the cat. But how hard could it be to take care of one little cat? Well, it turned out that the cat was an absolute nightmare. And when they got into the apartment, there was a note on a bag of pennies and there was a spray, bo- a spray bottle of water. And the note said that if the cat acted up, they could shake this jar of pennies or spray him with water. And that's not what you normally expect to see when you you know check into your, your friend's apartment you're borrowing for the weekend. Anyway, the cat was so horrendous and went so psycho on them that they ended up fleeing the very first night and getting out of that free apartment that they had for the weekend. And at 2 a.m., they got back in their car and they drove back down to New York State. So anyway, (laughs) that was her story about this insane cat. (laughs) Chapter 9, Senior Moments. And this is a really hilarious, fun story. A Dog's Prayer by Harriet Michael. Yeah, so Harriet's family was going through some medical issues, so her parents drove up to stay a few days with them and help out. And her mother didn't particularly like dogs, but she, <laughs> you know, she's a, she's a mom, so she was helping out. She fed the dogs. She cleaned af- after them, even when they tracted mud. One of the dogs threw up. She cleaned that up, too. And then Harriet's husband came home from the hospital and so the family sat down to have, you know, a celebratory dinner to welcome him back. And they were holding hands and saying grace. And when the, prayers, when the prayer was over, Harriet's mom asked her six-year-old grandson why his hand was so wet. She was sitting next to him, and he held up both his hands and said, Grandma, you're not holding my hand. Well, she thought she was holding her grandson's strangely wet hand while they were saying grace. But it turned out she had been holding the nose, the wet, <laughs> yucky, disgusting nose of one of the dogs throughout their prayer, the same dog that had thrown up earlier that day. When she had put her her hand out, thinking she was reaching for her grandson, the dog had just stuck his nose right into her hand. And so she just held his, hand, his nose firmly while they were praying. And so it was just really funny. It was like he was trying to atone for having thrown up earlier that day and make her, <laughs> made her clean it up. This is a wonderful, wonderful story. And you know what? I'll let you choose the beautiful story that you want to talk about in Chapter 10. 
So this is another embarrassing story about kids. Um, it's by Stephanie Davenport, and she talks about how she had this talk with her kids before they got to their grandparents' house one Christmas. And she explained to them, you have to say please and thank you at grandma's today and at all of the meals and when you open your gifts, even if you don't like something, you still say thank you, even if you don't like it. So when they gathered to open the gifts later that day, it turned out that Stephanie's grandmother, who always made her own gifts, had knitted these colorful striped cardigan sweaters for the kids. And her son was not thrilled with this. And so he (laughs) held it up and got this awkward look on his face and then said to his great-grandmother, thank you, even though I don't like it, because he thought that's (laughs) what he was supposed to say. And Stephanie was mortified, but everyone else burst into laughter. And it turned out that Stephanie's daughter was perfectly happy to wear her brother's sweater. So she was happy to get another sweater. He was happy he wouldn't have to wear it. But it's a story they just told for years in the Davenport family after that. So... You know, kids always make life interesting. They're a good source of embarrassing stories. <laughs> All the stories that we have discussed, that they're really, really, really funny. And all I could say is go out there, get the book, add some wonderful laughs in your life. Amy, what advice do you have for someone who is always serious and doesn't crack a smile? You know, we've gotten stories about that from people. Um, really? People who have been, yeah, people who have realized that they always looked kind of serious and mm-hmm. it was very off-putting. You know, people felt they were unapproachable because they always looked serious. And I remember we had a story from somebody one time whose mom said to her, you should just try smiling once in a while because, <laughs> I mean, it's what it's what tells people you're okay to talk to or not. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. we've published a lot of stories with the following advice, which is put a smile on your face even if you're not feeling it because if you approach people with a smile on your face, it instantly changes the dynamic of the situation mm-hmm. and they'll smile back at you mm-hmm. and you'll have changed the dynamic of what's going on. It's mm-hmm. really, really helpful. I mean, it, it, it really matters even if you are you know, having a terrible day, you're not feeling a smile at all. Putting one on your face will make good things happen to you that day and you'll come you'll you'll exit the day in much better shape than you went into that day. So that's the advice that I would pass on because I know from personal experience and from reading mm-hmm. dozens of chicken soup for the soul stories about this that plastering a smile on your face really does work. Fantastic. That sounds really wonderful. Great advice. What can we expect from Chicken Soup in the coming months? So in June, we have two books coming out. Uh, We have one coming out June 1st called I'm Speaking Now, Black Women Share Their Truth in 101 Stories of Love, Courage, and Hope. It's a fabulous book. And then later in June, we have a very useful book coming out called Navigating Elder Care and Dementia. And Mm -hmm. You know, when you're going through elder care, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what how to do it until you've already done it. So we created a place for people to share their stories, you know, people who have been there, done that, and they could share their experience with the people coming up behind them, whether they're the grown children of elderly parents or whether it's 
an elderly woman who's married to, you know, an elderly man who's getting dementia mm-hmm. or vice versa. You know, but family caregivers, they really need some great advice to help them on this journey through elder care. And so that's what we're providing. We're actually coming out with new dog and cat books in the fall, so that will be mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, we've got a lot of great stuff coming up. Um, we also have, we're relaunching Chicken Soup for the Preteen Soul and Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul. We're relaunching them in August. We've mm-hmm. taken the old classic books that sold millions of copies. Mm-hmm. We're taking out some of the stories that we think are dated and not really relevant to today's kids, and we're substituting mm-hmm. in you know, a couple dozen new stories in each mm-hmm. book. So that's going to be a really exciting moment, bringing Chicken Soup for the Preteen Soul and Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul updated to this new generation of readers. So that's what we have going on in our book business for the next few months. That sounds wonderful. What wonderful recipes for living would you like to share with our listeners this morning? Well, I would say I'm highly inspired to share embarrassing stories. You know, I was, <laughs> we were out to dinner last night with a friend, and he was telling us how he was out in California and forgot to change his clock and mm-hmm. got up at 3 in the morning instead of 6 and um, called his girlfriend back on the East Coast and said he was getting ready to go out to golf and He'd gone to get coffee, and the coffee was supposed to be ready at 6 a.m., but it was already (laughs) 6.15 a.m., and the coffee still wasn't ready, and he hadn't looked outside to realize it was pitch black. So she had to tell him. We were laughing so hard in this restaurant (laughs) with his story. So definitely telling funny stories about yourself is a great recipe for living, you know, highly Mm -hmm. recommended in these times. And then I guess the other ingredient for my recipe Mm -hmm. for living would be really open and transparent communications with people, right? Because it just helps so much if you openly and honestly share what's going on and establish a better channel of communications with friends or family members. So I've been doing that a lot, and I think that really helps. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you shouldn't do it right away. You should do it when let's say something happened and you were upset, like maybe don't mention it for a week. Let yourself cool down so that you can discuss it in a very unemotional way, you know, but you can still accomplish what you need to do if you just wait a little while before you have the conversation. So I guess that would be my recipe for living based on recent experiences. Fantastic. That sounds really great. Amy, thank you for the great recipes for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two weeks, Tuesday morning, May 18th. My guest will be Joanne DiMaggio. She is with the Edgar Casey Association for Research and Enlightenment. Joanne is a past life research specialist and the author of six books. Joanne and I will be having a conversation about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Edgar Casey and the Unfulfilled Destiny of Thomas Jefferson Reborn. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a very blessed week. As usual, Amy, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and have a very blessed day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.